a vision. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Give us a vision for your greatness. This is what superiority grandness. Lord, I pray that we would meditate this week. This week we would meditate on your greatness, that we would be overwhelmed by your goodness, that we would see your holiness shudder and be transformed by the power of your spirit. Lord, we all recognize that we all fall short of the glory of God. We all recognize that we, in fact, uh, are flawed, broken, and that we're flawed and we're broken, that none of us are righteous, not one. But we recognize with that same breath, Lord, that you are a God who saves and forgives broken and flawed people. So, Lord, would you give us a vision for your goodness? Would you stir our affections for you? Would you help us to see as holy and great and pure and just be dissolved into that? Would you help to start that this week and help it grow throughout our lives? We thank you, O God, for hearing these prayers, Lord. We ask, O Lord, that you convict us of sin, that we change our minds about that sin, that we turn to Jesus, to see you as you really are, the King God of the universe, who we rejoice to be with. Thank you, God, for all that you're doing in and through our lives. Help us to seek your face with all our hearts. Stir our affections for you. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. straddle the fence between God and culture and sometimes we think we can come to God with a whole list of things that we want him to do for us and some of us have to understand that God is pretty serious about who he is I mean based on what we just saw on the screen based on what I've read and as I study these scriptures it's, I kind of struggle because I'm saying God this is who you are and you're not changing. And a lot of times what we want with our prayers is we want God to change for us. We, we, we want God, we, we go to God and we say, God, you know, I need this and I need that and I want you to fix this and I want you to fix that and I want you to take care of this and I want you to take care of that. And he's sitting there like disgusted with our prayers because we're not even acknowledging who he is. Like, like God is my refuge, my strength, my salvation. God is my peace. And, and, and God is holy. And, and it amazes me sometimes that people want to come to God and say, God bless me, but they have their hands on sin. They're deep in it. They're, they're like engaging on a regular basis in, in you know, this kind of act. And you, you, you say, wait a minute. So let me hear you straight. Let, let's, let's just gather in this room together, right? Because we can hang out in here, right? You, you, you want God to bless you, but you're still doing your dirt. Like, like a lot of you, I'm sure that you're praying the last couple of days is, God, let me hit the lotto. <laughs> right? Like, like, you know, a couple of you maybe <laughs> Some of you are saying, oh man, we just found out, right? But, but the truth of the matter, why? That's not, you know, we have to begin to pray prayers that align us with God's will. And so the Holy Spirit can come in and intercept and intervene and, you know, like interrupt us. 
I'm like, well, wait, you know, you ever get down on your knees and you begin to pray and don't know what you're praying for? And all of a sudden, like, like God gives you something to pray about? You know, and it's so important that our prayers begin to change. And we're going to go deeper in our relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to go deeper in our roots. You know, if we're going to establish roots, then our prayers have to change. We've got to stop asking God for things. God already knows what you need. And, and, and as I begin to look at the scriptures, I begin to, to realize that we, we have to be aware to, to whom we're praying. And what we're praying for. You know, we have something in our leadership circles that we talk about. We say, watch the quality of your prayers. You know, don't come into this room complaining about the work you're doing for the Lord. Because the reality is, grace is upon your life. You deserve hell. You know, we all deserve hell. So for us to come with a grocery list saying, God, but I'm a good boy. God, I read your word today. God, I came to church. God, can you take care of this for me? And a lot of us even come to God saying, God, I don't know if you could take care of this, but I wish you would. Like, like we think that God is a genie in the bottle that we can rub and get our three wishes. And like, voila, everything is fixed, everything is straightened out. It, it's not like that. God, God has already made the greatest provision for you that he will ever make. The cross. Jesus Christ, his son. His son. And, and God, you know, when I, when I hear the words like, you know, we did this in class, and it's Jehovah, as you saw there, Jehovah Shalom, is, he's my peace. Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. God has provided for us. God has made a way where there seemed to have been none. God has opened doors that, you know, we could not open ourselves. We don't have the keys to some of the doors he's opened. He's also has shut some doors in our lives that we have to begin to realize that we got to stop trying to pick those locks. <laughs> like, like, you know, he's literally done that. And I want to be able to just talk a little bit about that today because as we approach God, we want to be able to approach him in a particular way. That honors who he is, acknowledges who he is, that we enter that way into his presence. Not weeping and crying, but broken and in humility, seeking the Lord in a way that his will will be done for our lives and not what we want. Because I got to tell you, I, I got a whole list of the things I want. And a lot of us in this room won't participate in things unless everything is perfect. And, and you know, I... No, I did this um, blind audition, right? I did this, this, this no, auction it was. It wasn't audition. It was this auction, right? And you know what you do when you auction? You bid on something, right? And uh, you try to outbid people, but you know, I was a little smarter, you know? And, and, and I walked on. It was funny because Pastor Edmund was with me, and I said, you want all that stuff? And I said, I'll tell you the secret later. But, but I walked through the auction room. And what I did was, I waited to the last minute to place my bid. So, all I did was bid a dollar more than everybody else. And I won everything. <laughs> now, it's not wisdom, it's trickery, right? The point is that I won courtside seats to a basketball game. I mean, like right here. Like the guy was sweating and the sweat got on top of me. Okay? You know, courtside seats where people serve you. Right? I mean, that was a perfect situation. 
And I say this because a lot of us do not want to participate in anything unless things are all perfect. Like, we want God to fix everything. We want God to straighten out everything. We want God to make sure that they love me, that they care about me, that they provide for me, right? That they call me, that there's a cold, you know, a shoulder to cry on, you know, like they show up when I need them. Like, I don't know what that place is because it's not here but when we pray to God and we come to God with all these wants God is sitting there saying man when are you going to acknowledge who I am when are you going to approach me knowing that I am your provider that I am your peace that I am your refuge that I am your strength that I am your salvation that I am your present help when you need it. That, that I am your healer, your redeemer. Like, like you go through those names and you begin to wrap your head around them and you say, wow God, you are awesome. And truly what I want is your will. You know what I need, so who am I to come before you with this whole list of things that I want? I need you to put away your wants. I need you to shred your wants and begin to realize that God already knows your needs. But here's what I also know, that God is pretty serious about who he is. And God is pretty serious about what it looks like to follow him. And I want to read some scriptures to you because it's so important that we change the way we pray. And that we begin to look inwardly so that we can have our prayers answered. You see, prayer is not going to God so he can do something for you. It's allowing God to reveal to you what he's going to do for you. And when you discover that, then it's easy for you to go along with it because you're no longer fighting with God about it. Because a lot of you get in trouble and you say, God, why you do this to me for? <laughs> God will say, you did it to yourself. I ain't going to church no more. I ain't reading your word no more. Taking all my toys and I'm going home. I ain't never coming back. And that pastor, I'm tired of hearing him. Every time he tells me something, it's the Bible, it's the Bible, it's the Bible. Well, I want to stay where God is. I want to listen to what God has to say about things. Because here's what I know, guys. God is holy. Can we agree with that? I mean, if anything we know, God is holy. Right? There's, you know, this is holiness about God, and it's important for us to understand that because when we approach Him, we have to understand that even in the Old Testament, the high priest, as he went into the, the, the Holy of Holies, he had to offer a sacrifice for himself and be, you know, right before God before he began to pray for the people. And I think a lot of times we go in with this self righteous behavior into God saying, Whoa, look at me, God. I'm, I'm showing up. I'm doing what you asked me to do. And sometimes you have to be very careful because God is going to tell you, I didn't ask you to do that. I asked you to do this. But you see, that, that was a little difficult, wasn't it? Oh, that was a little uncomfortable. So, so he goes on to say in, in, in various areas, you can't say you love me and hate your brother. You see that? Now, we're talking about prayer. I need you to stay with me because you have to understand that here you are saying, I love God, hate my brother, but God bless me. You say you love me, hate my brother, and now you're on your knees saying, well, I want to bless you, but can you love your brother? Because it's, you know, directly connected. 
to, to how you approach God. You can't think that God is going to, you know, sweep things under the rug like you've done all your life. You know, you don't want to address that, so let's, let's put it over there. Come on, don't look at that. You know, you ever get somebody come to your house and you fake clean? Come on now. Right? Come on, somebody. Right? Oh, you can't go in that room. That's a special room. That's where I pray. That's where you threw all your stuff. So nobody will see it, right? So, so it's important for us to say that. And, and look, this is, this is scripture here in John chapter 17, verse 9. And this is Jesus' prayer. And it's so moving. And I, and I wanted to just share with you because this is what Jesus prays. He says, my prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me. Because they belong to you. So in other words, Jesus himself is praying for you. He's not praying for the world. He said, man, that's, that's kind of odd. Because John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world. Yeah, he loves the world because you're in the world. And he wants to do something with you so that the world will know that he is alive and well. But the Bible also speaks that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So therefore, I'm not concerned about this world. So I have to be very, very conscious about my prayer now for these worldly things that I desire so much of. Because he goes on to say in the scriptures, and I want to read a few scriptures to you because I need you to understand several things. Because we're talking about prayer. We're talking about going deeper in prayer. And it says, you can't keep saying you know me if you don't obey my word. Oh, I know God. I know God. Yeah, but his word says to love your brother. Right? It specifically gives us instructions in certain areas. So what it says, husbands, listen to this. I know you came to church to hear me talk to the husbands. But wives, don't think that you're exempt from this. If, if, if you want peace in your home, then you have to invite God into it. If you want peace in your relationships, you have to invite God into it. You, you, you have to be ambassadors of peace. Somewhere I read that, you know, my, my, my feet should be fitted with the gospel of peace. Somewhere I read. I think that's Ephesians, the armor of God, right? So, so it's important for us to look at this. It says, in First Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it should be on the screen. In the same way you husbands must make honor to your wives... Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, listen to this, so your prayers will not be hindered. Yeah, but God, you don't know what she does. Of course I know what she does. Right? Wife? Oh, but you don't know what he does. Well, yeah, I know what he does. What are you doing? Let's keep the focus on you. I love being around uh, uh, people in recovery because they have all these one-liners, focus, focus. Right? No, I mean, I think it's a good thing, right? If it helps you to remember, then it's cool. Focus, focus, keep the focus, right? So, so see, I remember, right? But, but, but it's important here that, that you realize that this scripture say, listen, you want your prayers to be answered? You want your prayers to be answered? Then check yourself. Check yourself. Check yourself and then be conscious of how you approach me. Don't come to me pounding on your chest with your self-righteous behavior. Because they're empty words and they disgust me. 
And you want me to answer the prayer, but you ain't doing what I've asked you to do. I have, you know, a young man come to me and say, Pastor, can you pray for, you know, this relationship that I'm in and all that stuff? And I'm saying, great, I'll pray. Um, you know, are you married? He says, no, I'm not married with her. I'm sorry, I can't pray for that. <laughs> you know? So, so, in other words, you know, God is holy, and now you want me to partner with you to make him unholy. Hmm. I'm sorry. You see, God is calling us to a place that we need to get to. And we need to approach him as he is who he says he is, because, I, you know, he's pretty serious about who he is. And based on what I've read, he hasn't changed. He, he's the same. And then it says this, you know, you can't claim to have the love of the Father in you and love the things of this world. So, wait a minute. God dwells in you, but you're doing that, and you're over there, and what's coming out of your mouth contradicts what you're saying in this environment. Because everybody here looks pretty pious. In fact, I can see halos over your heads. But let you get out there. Let you get out there and, and see what you look like. And see if they can distinguish between you and your co-worker. Who is not in the Lord. And it's so important. It goes on to say, you cannot go on sinning. If you're a believer, you just can't. You say, oh, but what about grace? I knew you were going to pull your grace card. I knew you were going to do that. See, grace is not liberty for you to go on sinning. Grace is for you to come under and stay under. And say, okay, God, I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to go there. Because how can you receive grace, come to God, ask him to forgive you for this, and then go back out and do it again? Right? Like a pendulum, right? You come back. Okay, God, forgive me. Back at it. Okay, God, forgive me. Back at it. When does it stop? See, when you begin to understand the characteristics of God and realize that He is holy, that He is your redeemer, that He is your healer, He is your refuge, He is your strength. You know why? I hide in Christ today. I hide in Christ today. You know, I literally, He is my refuge. You know? And it's important for us to make Him, you know, our refuge, but not to come out from under that covering. I was having a conversation with my um, children the other day, and I was saying, you know, this is my wingspan. This is, this is my covering right here. When, when you start operating outside that covering, I can't help you. And they're like, oh, Dad, you know, I said, yeah, this is my covering. This is where I can cover you. And you go on beyond this, then it becomes a problem. And you got to run back under this covering. Because out there, you're a rebel. Out there, you're disobedient. Out there, you're not honoring God. But out there, you still want God to bless you. And, and, and God is saying, no, I'm holy. So we have to guard ourselves and how we approach God with careless, careless words that reveal our own self-righteousness. Having no thought of who you are speaking to and what you are saying. Prayer is not to convince God to give you what you want. Prayer is getting you to submit yourself to the will of God. 
So if we're going to go deeper in prayer, if we're going to grow roots in prayer, if we're going to see some answer prayer, how many of us want answer prayer? I do. I want to see God move mightily. We all pray for revival. But revival starts with me. When you read about every revival that took place and swept across the land, people threw themselves at the mercy of God and repented and wept and cried. Now granted, the sermons were a lot harder back then. It was simple. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. I don't have to expound on that. You're either Jesus or you're going to hell. And people were like, oh, and they felt it. And they threw themselves at their feet and said, what, we, what must we do not to go to hell? Repent. Repent. Because God is holy and is calling you unto himself. And he wants to do something for you that you cannot do for yourself. And I find that, that people in their prayers, they're empty words. Frivolous. They don't get past these walls. And Paul says, man, you don't know how, you know, you know, you just don't know, you don't know how to worship. You don't know who you're coming to. It's not a song, it's a lifestyle because of the one who has saved you. The one who's introduced himself to you. Your conversion is not based on you uttering a few words. It's what happens in your heart. It's what begins to happen in your mind. It's what begins to happen in your behavior. You begin to turn away from things that used to, you know, caress and nestle yourself to. And you begin to run to God and say, God, I want to I stay here with you. Hold on to me. I'm going to ask you to hold on to him. And in your prayer that you hold on to him until he blesses you. That you don't let go until he blesses you. Until you're free from that addiction. Until you're free from that behavior. Until you're free from that nonsense. That you want God to bless. Another one liner. God is not going to bless your mess. See that? It's so important for us to embrace that truth. Amen? Because that's what we're talking about prayer again. We're talking about going deeper. If I want to go deeper in prayer, I've got to acknowledge who I'm going to pray to. Right? It's so important because even the disciples themselves ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. Now these are, you know, some big shocks. Paul, Peter, Philip, these guys are. And they ask, teach us how to pray. How they start the prayer. Everybody know it? Our Father. It wasn't to anybody else. They acknowledge our Father. They acknowledge Him who He was. Now listen to me. If He is your Father, some of you need to start acting like His children. And, and, and I know that God allows wheat and tear, goat and sheep. You know, He allows us to mingle together. We have to look around and see who's really living this out, who's really, you know, following Christ, who's really submitting himself to the will of God. And we have to understand that. And as we walk in that process, I know for a fact that within the church, there are people who are walking with the Lord, there are people who are trying to walk with the Lord, and there are people who are just coming because it's raining outside. And it's so important for us to realize God is holy. He's calling you to something. And in your prayer, you're saying, God, um, I need this. And then we're coming to him and saying, well, I don't know if you can do it. But I hope you can. And it's, it's crazy when we have conversations like that. Right? Because look what it says here in James chapter 4, verse 3. It says, and even when you ask, you don't get it. 
because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You have to change the quality of your prayers. You have to get outside that circle, outside yourself, and begin to line, align your prayers with the will of God. So that God can then use you to fulfill that will. He goes on to James chapter 1, verse 6. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Well, God, I don't know if you could help me. Maybe you could send somebody to help me. Right? And we begin to lean on that person more than anybody else. Listen to me. Please, don't put any man on a pedestal. Do not elevate anybody before God. Not her, not him, not it. Do not do that. You are creating idols when you do that. And everywhere I read in the Bible, God smashes idols. Isaiah 57.15 says this about our Lord. The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one says this, I live in the high and holy place where those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. It's... Changing the way we pray requires that we repent. Changing the way we pray requires that we acknowledge him for who he is. God is not here to fix things. He doesn't wear a utility belt and a hammer and begins to fix things. What God wants to do is fix you. God wants to mend that broken heart. He wants to renew that mind that has been contaminated by this world. And the rules that you replace in compartments that every now and then you pull them out. Oh, they don't talk to me. I won't talk to them. Hey, they do this. I won't do that. And you pull them out. And you, pull, and you dig them out. And you, it, and you go through all that stuff in your mind. And God says, I want to renew your mind. I want to give you a new heart. The very same thing that he wants to renew the enemy, fleeing fiery darks. And because you don't have your shield of faith, it goes right into your heart and it poisons your whole body. And it affects you. And with a poison infected heart, now you want to pray to God to bless you. And God is holy. He is high and lifted up. And it's so important that you understand. They said, Pastor, somebody came and said, Pastor, I'm struggling with, you know, you know, loving my brother. You know, I said, well, you know, that's between you and God, right? I got, I get, I got 20 scriptures for you. Here, take them. <laughs> you know, but you have to allow that scripture to get inside you and resonate in your soul and begin to do what it does best, which is change the way you think and feel. Why do you hate your brother? You know that the reason we quarrel is because we don't get our way, Right? Like, like we all have this little infant inside us that has these tantrums and we have to, you know, if I don't get what I want, when I want it, how I want it, right? God, if you don't hurry up and do something, oh God, you didn't answer me, oh God, I'm leaving, I'm taking my Bible, I'm going home. Right? I'm not coming back no more, I'm done with you, God. You know what, I'm not going to sing to you no more, God. I'm not going to play to you, I'm not going to clean the floor no more, God. 
I don't want to talk to people about you no more because, uh, you know, you're not answering my prayers. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, I want to have a conversation with you. I always feel extremely comfortable in this room because I look around and I see family. I see people I love and care about. But we got it all wrong. God is not a genie in a bottle that we rub and say, God, give me this, give me that, give me that. It's so important for us to realize that. And Isaiah says, my hands, Isaiah 66, 2 says this, my hands have made both heaven and earth. They and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts, who tremble at my word. Man, when you read this, you've got to understand, God is pretty serious about who he is. Like, like, he's not joking around. He's not wearing a costume. He's not wearing an outfit and trying to impress you. He's saying, this is who I am. Yeah, if you're going to come to me, then come to me this way, acknowledging who I am. We have this acronym that we use in all our classes about how to help you begin to pray. It's called ACTS. Right? And we start with adoration. What does that mean? That we begin to enter the presence of God, acknowledging who he is, before I even begin to confess. Right? Like, I, I want to go before God and begin to, you know, like, like just soften it up. Because I, I know I deserve to get a beat down. Like, really. Like, I've done some things. So when I come to God, I want to come to God. Yo, what's up, God? What's happening? How you doing? I'm here. What's up? I don't want to come to God like that. I want to come to God like this. Okay, Lord. Here I am. Like, I'm a mess. I'm a mess and I need you. You know, you're my strength. I'm feeling weak right now. I'm going to give in to that temptation. God, I need you. God, man, you know, my, my back and my bones, I'm like hurting, God. I need your healing because I've been popping all these doggone pills and the doctors have been poking me and prodding me. I need you to touch that affected area in my life. You are my healer. God, I, I'm in trouble, God. I'm in trouble. Let, let the angel of death pass by. Let your blood be upon me. You be, be my refuge. You know, there's no other name in which men can be saved except the name of Jesus. So why are we going anywhere else? Why are we going anywhere else to try to get saved? If the only name that can save us is Jesus. There's no shame in the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. He came and died for my sins. He wiped the slate clean for those who receive him, for those who believe in him and embrace him and say, okay, God, I'm yours. Do what you want with me. Woo! Now, some of us don't want to pray that. Some of us don't want to pray, God, do what you want with me. (laughs) We, we, We want God to do something, but not what he wants. We want God to do what we want. So in this series that we've been talking about, going deeper and being rooted, we got to change the way we're praying. we got to acknowledge who it is we're praying to. We have to want His will to be done in our lives. And God wants nothing more than to heal you and restore you and renew you. He, he wants to clean you up and make you right. Man, He came to make the crooked way straight. And if you're all crooked, God wants to straighten you out. 
so that then he could put you and display you to the world. Remember, he took you out of darkness and lit you up, and then he puts you on a lampstand for what? So you can light up this room, so you can light up the place where you're working, so you can light up your neighbor, your community, wherever you go, that people will see that you've been with Jesus. Then you can approach him and say, Lord, I need. And before your prayer even goes up, it's answered. Because he knows what you need and he knows that you've acknowledged him for what he can do and not what you can do. A lot of us are still flexing our muscles, thinking that we got it all going on. Some of us got a couple of degrees and we're like, whoa, I'm the smartest one in the room. No. God. God is sovereign. God knows your thoughts before you even think them. God knows the motives of your heart. We're a speck of sand, according to what I hear. I, I, that's, you know, that's, that's who God is. God created the heavens and the earth. Do you realize that the earth was without form and he breathed on it? Do you realize that when he formed man until he breathed into man, man was dead. And he wants to breathe into your life. He wants to breathe into your life so that you can live. A lot of us are walking dead. A lot of us are in church and we're still bound by the same behaviors, the same thing. We're saying, God, bless me, bless me, but I need a drink. Hold on. No. It's a metaphor. And that's what we do. We, we pray to God, but we need something else to help us get through it. God is my strength. God is my refuge. God is my healer. God is my redeemer. God is my salvation, my sanctification, my banner, my peace. And when we come to God and we begin to worship him, not only with our mouths, but with our hearts, with our lives, then I can boldly enter that place and say, God, here I am. I need you. I'm all messed up. I don't know where I'm going next, and I don't want to make a mistake. See, I, I know about mistakes. I've gone left when I should have gone right. I've gone right when I should have gone left. Because I relied on myself, and I didn't seek God in prayer and ask Him to direct my paths. Sometimes what looks good is not necessarily good for you. So, so, so they'll expose something. You know, the enemy does. The enemy, you know, he, he colors it really nice and pretty, right? And then when you get there, he unveils it. And he said, ah, voila, I got you, right? Yeah. You know? And it's so important for us to do that. It's so important for us to, to, to poke and prod a little bit. You know, it's okay for us to be inquisitive. Not, not presentados. Okay? Uh, I use a Spanish word. I didn't speak in tongues. It's, it's, when, when you're being nosy, it's okay to be inquisitive and to ask, God, is this for me? Because every time an angel showed up in the Bible, you know what they said? Are you for us or against us? Yeah. Because some of us are going the wrong way. And if he showed up, they got to stop you before you go anywhere. Because you're going the wrong way. You're going to do the wrong thing. But when we're in tune to what God is trying to do and something shows up, we're not scared. We say, okay, God. You're for us or against us? Listen to me. If God is for you, watch out. If God is against you, doubly watch out. Okay? 
you're going to be a mess. You're going to be all twisted up. You're going to be all crazy. You know, your hairstyle is not going to look cool. So it's so important for us to understand that he goes on in his word and just, he speaks to us constantly. God is very serious about who he is. And in this particular chronicle, Second Chronicle chapter 7, 14, 15, he makes provision for the people. Because the people in chapter 6 that dedicated the temple, that dedicated the church, David wanted to build God a home. Where God can dwell because God was dwelling in tents. They were moving back and forth. You know, they were constantly in transition. And David, we know about David, mighty man of God, right? And and he wanted to build. And God said, no, I'm not going to answer your prayer. Somebody else is going to build it, but you're not going to build it. And sometimes we're praying for things. Listen to me. Stop praying for it. God already said no. Stop trying to convince God. I'm trying to convince God to go and do what you want him to do because that's what you think is best. All of a sudden, you know better than God does. All of a sudden, you've elevated yourself to God's status and you know best. You got some work in you. You got a little Bible in you. Right? And now all of a sudden, you know best. Let me tell you something. You don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. Every time, the more I read, the more petrified I get of how little I know about God's word. More he reveals to me. I said, and sometimes I gotta, I gotta stop. And again say, God, forgive me. Because knowledge puffs up. So, so when I'm in God's word and I read something, you know, and, and it gets inside me, that's called a ream of word because it does something to you. It something dispels everything that you even thinking or thought you knew, and God reveals it for the first time, and you're like, oh man. And you have to stop reading, and you just have to humble yourself before God and say, God, I really need you to do something. I've been going down the wrong way. I've been thinking the wrong thing. I've been acting in a manner that doesn't honor you. So he makes provision. They dedicate the temple in chapter 6 of Second Chronicles. They dedicate the temple. And then Solomon prays and they, you know, do this whole thing. You have to know that if you read it, the sacrifices that they made. You know, they kill a bunch of bulls and cattle. and I mean, they just slaughtered. That was the uh, way they did it back then. We don't have to do that anymore. And... This prayer comes out and, and God says, listen to this. There's a two-letter word there that you can't miss. Two-letter word. If. If. In Second Chronicles, it should be on the screen. If not, it's in your handout. But let me just read it again so you can see something. It says, then, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves. Now, if you talk about being humble, then you're not humble. Can we say that? Right? Because a lot of us suddenly find ourselves in situations and we say, I'm trying to be humble, boy. Alright? I'm trying to be humble. Don't push my buttons. Right? Yeah, you're not being humble. you got to mention that you're being humble. So it's so important for us to understand that. Simple. He makes provision here, and he says, number one, humble yourself by admitting your sins. Two, pray to God asking for forgiveness. Three, seek God continually. 
continually. Like when do you pray? All the time. The Bible says pray without ceasing. You don't have to be kneeling down. You could be walking, you could be driving in your car. My God, my car is my sanctuary. I even tell my kids when they get in my car and I try to play a little Jay-Z, I say, yo, shut that off, you're out of my car. This is my car. This is my sanctuary. Get the heck out of here with that music. Now, I know when they drive my car, they change the radio station. I know that. They're not going to get that by me. But it's my sanctuary. And I could be driving sometimes and I'll hear something for the first time and I'm singing it and I start to cry. And you ever stop in traffic crying? And you look and there's somebody looking at you wondering if they can help? Right? We, we need to pray, seeking God in prayer continually. Turn from our sinful behavior. True repentance is more than talk. It is changed behavior. I don't want to keep doing the same thing. He says, yeah. You know why you keep doing the same thing? Can I give you a secret? You like it. That's why you keep doing the same thing. You like it. There's some nasty part of you that likes it. Whatever it is. If you're argumentative, you like it. Right? If whatever else you're doing, you like it. Okay? And, and it's so important for us to be able to relate and be honest with God. We need to tell God, God, I like that. And we have to ask God to do something we can't do for ourselves. You know, I used to love to drink. I used to love, you know, everything else I used to do. And I said, God, make me hate that the way you hate it. Make me hate that the way you hate it. There's a point in my life now, if I smell something or I, or I sense something, I get sick. Because God did for me what I couldn't do for myself because I was sincere with my prayer. I wasn't praying and holding on to it. God, <laughs> I like that. Hey, get away from me. No, I wasn't praying like that. I was sincerely praying, God, I know that this doesn't honor you. You are holy and I don't want to do that anymore. Do something for me. It's so important for us in our prayer now that when we approach God, we realize that he's holy. I want nothing more than to see everyone in this room be blessed. I want nothing more than to see your prayers answered. That we could rejoice and sing because, listen, because you know, because you know, because you know that it was just you and God. That you were in your prayer closet and you had a conversation. Too many of us pray to God and then tell everybody else. Or tell everybody else first and then pray to God. I've had prayers in my life. It was just me and him written down in my journal. And I can show them to you. From the very beginning, I found my journal of 1992. My prayers have been answered. My prayers have been answered. Stuff that I forgot about. Like you just prayed about it and then you just come and I, I was cleaning out. I, I think my daughter was cleaning out the room and it was so ironic because that particular book was... When she was born. It was written down. That wasn't a prayer that I asked for. But it was the other things and how I documented things. And I said, God, truly, there was a whole list of things. And I, when I opened it and I found that notebook, I was able to rejoice because God did not forget what I had prayed for in 1992. 
God does not forget. He does not suffer from amnesia when you approach him. Approach him as such. But here's what I need you to do. Check yourself. Check yourself. And some of you who are so full of yourself, ask somebody about you. Yeah. Like, ask somebody. Yo, is this me? And as the team comes forward, I I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Listen, if you're going to go deeper, if you're going to go deeper in prayer, you have to change the way you pray. You can't pray, you know, Lord, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. No, you just, you got to watch the quality of your prayers now. You have to begin to acknowledge him for who he is. You have to begin to come to him and say, Lord, there's something about me that just isn't right. Guys, listen to me, please. Don't, don't, don't go away from me. Don't, don't get distracted. Listen to me. There's something going on inside you that ain't right. And the worst thing we can do is assess ourselves of having arrived when we have not. That's where a holy God comes in. Because we all deserve hell. But we don't get hell. We get Jesus. We get Jesus. And I know personally that I've made a lot of wrong turns in my life. And because God is faithful to his word, he takes control of your life and gets you back on the path that you're supposed to be on. But you got to want to get there. Like, like I want to be all he wants me to be. And if I'm broke, busted, messed up in the sense of not having what this world thinks success is. But I want to be right with God. And, and, and I, when I read the Bible and I see these things, and there's a particular scene in which there's a man begging at the you know, temple gates and... Disciple says, silver and gold I do not have. And I say that to you today. I have Jesus. And I want to give you Jesus. But, but you cannot take Jesus if you're sitting there with your hands folded. Or with your hands in your pocket. You take Jesus when you turn your palms up and you surrender and you release things of this world. You acknowledge Him for who He is and you allow the Holy Spirit to begin to redirect your prayer. Now look in this room and you're all family, but if there's somebody in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, that's what I have to offer you today. Jesus. I don't want you to leave here without him. And it's a real simple prayer that happens when in your heart you acknowledge that you need the Lord. 
So if you're here and you don't know the Lord, you just raise your hand. I will pray with you. I will embrace you. I will take time out to talk to you about my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer, my refuge. Oh, gosh. I, I will speak to you about him in such a way that you will understand something. That in the midst of everything that's going on, he loves you. He loves you. Can we sing that song again as we prepare to close service? But I want you to lift your hearts up. I want everybody on their feet. I want them. I want every, every voice raised. Uh, let's just leave this place the way we came in, worshiping God, acknowledging Him. Listen, God is calling you to go deeper.